1: You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post.
2: Wow, yours looks way
1: better than mine. (laughs) Mine looks (laughs) (laughs) flattened. He can't save mine,
2: damn it! (laughs) Vanessa's looks a little bit more like a mooncake than maybe a dumpling (laughs) at this point.
1: Learning how to make dumplings is no easy feat. From rolling the dough to folding the perfect pleats, it takes years of practice to master these dainty, delicate bundles of joy.
2: And there's no dumpling as dainty or as delicate as the Xiaolong Bao, or soup dumpling, as you may call them in the West. When it comes to eating these parcels of
1: pork and broth, it's safe to say it trips up many a Xiaolong Bao newbie. Within the wheat flour wrapper lies a small ball of fatty minced pork. When steamed, the protein releases a fragrant juice that
2: pools within the thin dumpling skin, ready to explode in your mouth when bitten into. And trust me, I've scalded my mouth on so many soup dumplings, not to mention the amount of times I've accidentally pierced the thin dumpling skin with my chopsticks even before I got it into my mouth. Today on Eat Drink
1: Asia, we uncovered the origins of this golf ball-sized dumpling, tracing it back to a district on the fringes of Shanghai, China.
0: What they say is that in the early 20th century, a man from Nanxiang opened a restaurant near the City God Temple in Shanghai. And that's what brought the snack into the center of Shanghai and into the spotlight.
2: We speak to the daughter of a bao master to find out what makes the
3: perfect soup dumpling. Perfect bao should be dough is very thin and have a lot of soup. A pork should be very fresh. I can't say they are very healthy. But, um, <laughs> you know, no. this is a traditional food. It's traditional, right? You can't think that <laughs> the, when you eat traditional food because uh, in old days, people don't think about that. And finally,
1: we find out how a Taiwanese company that started off selling cooking oil made xiaolongbao a global phenomenon.
0: Din Tai Fung have put the Xiaolongbao on the map for um, many people who are not Chinese. When Din Tai first opened branches in Shanghai, there was this strange feeling about why is it that a Taiwanese company is, is opening in Shanghai and doing a local Shanghainese snack.
2: This is Eat Drink Asia, where in each episode, we deep dive into an Asian food or drink that's gone global. And this month because of the ongoing pandemic, we're recording from our homes in Hong Kong. Stay with us.
3: Hello you are. My name this is
1: Zhang Shiling, and he says he makes the freshest Long Bao in New York. He is the chef owner of Memories of Shanghai in Queens, and has
3: been making Long Bao for four decades. Hi, um, my my name is Elsa Zhang. Our family from Shanghai, and my my father and um, me, on. Um, the restaurant. And this is his daughter. My father is uh, the most important chief in the restaurant.
1: He's the most important person in the restaurant?
3: Yes. Why is Mm, that? Because he beginning, he is the only one know how to make dance on. But now my mother can, can do a lot of work. For three decades, he has been giving Chinese immigrants in New York a taste of home,
1: while introducing locals to authentic Xiaolongbao. Zhang learned how to make these delicious steamed dumplings in his early 20s when he lived in Shanghai, the Chinese city synonymous with Xiaolongbao. With 40 years experience under his belt making these dainty dumplings, he was in hot demand when he arrived in New York in the early 1990s. But your father is the best Xiaolongbao
3: maker? Uh, Yes. Um, In fact, he he is famous for a long time, I think, in New York. Yes, he is famous in New York. Really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I think, yes. yes, because at, he worked for
1: a lot of restaurants. Over the years, he's worked at Zhou Shanghai, Nanshan Xiaolongbao, Birds of a Feather, and Ninbo Cafe, helping all of them make Xiaolongbao their star dish. Then two years ago, Zhang, who is now 63, finally fulfilled a dream when he
2: opened his own restaurant with Elsa. We'll come back to Jang and Elsa later, but first, what makes the perfect xiaolongbao?
0: Bao? Oh, well, you want to have a very thin, taut skin that has a wonderful mouthfeel, and it has to be tender but taut enough to hold in that wonderful juicy filling.
2: This is cook and food writer Fuchsia Dunlop. She's been researching Chinese cuisine for 25 years.
0: And then you want to have a very smooth filling of minced pork or, if you're being luxurious, hairy crab meat in season. Um, and then, of course, the all-important stock. So a really collagen-rich, delicious, savoury, umami stock that floods your mouth when you make a little hole in the, in the dumpling.
2: bao is best known as a Shanghainese snack. Most people think these dumplings are steeped in Shanghai's culinary and cultural history.
0: Actually in Shanghai, they say that it originated at a county town on the outskirts of Shanghai called Nanxiang, around the Guyi Garden. So that's a classical Chinese garden. And around the edge, there have been for, uh, for I think a couple of centuries, a lot of little snack shops, it was a sort of pleasure ground for people. Um, and these snack shops all specialize in the Xiaolong Bao. But actually there, they call it the Xiaolong Manto, um, not Xiaolong Bao. Now, these dumplings are you know, exactly what you'd expect little um, bamboo steamers lined with rice straw with these dainty little dumplings filled with stock. The history books aren't clear
2: on who or when the first Bao was invented, but there are many disputed theories. One legend has it that a man named Huang Mingxian was the creator
1: of the first Bao. He owned a restaurant called Xuan in Nanxiang. It's said that in the 1870s, he invented the dumpling by adding jelly meat stock to his minced pork. When steamed, the jelly would melt and fill the dumpling with soup. The story goes that he originally named the buns Nanxiang Da Manto, which means large meat filled buns from Nanxiang. While the dumplings boomed in popularity, the name did not stick. Over time, the name evolved to Xiaolongbao
2: Bao, which literally translates as. Small basket bun. But how did the dumplings make their way into Shanghai itself?
0: What they say is that in the early 20th century, a man from Nanxiang opened a restaurant near the city god temple in Shanghai, and that's what brought the snack into the center of Shanghai and into the spotlight.
2: Nowadays, you'll find restaurants and snack shops selling xiaolongbao across the city. The Shanghai government even listed them as one of the protected traditional treasures of the city in 2006. In Shanghai, the delicacy level and thinness of the dumpling skin can actually vary from restaurant to restaurant. But originally, xiaolongbao Bao or Shaolong Manto, as they're still referred to in Nanshang, had thicker dumpling skins.
0: If you go to Nanxiang and these little um, xialong Manto restaurants around the Guiyi Gardens, the ladies there said that they could wrap each of them 400 um, xialong bao in an hour. So they're working incredibly fast and you just look at them with their fingers, pinching, 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 and the, the dumpling rotating and each one is perfect. And it's just extraordinary, wow. the speed and the consistency with which they work.
2: Denise and I have eaten our fair share of Xiaolong Bao, so we thought it was about time to learn how to make them. We recently met dim sum chef Leung Kuo Kuo at Dim Sum Library in Hong Kong. Chef Leung is originally from Guangdong province in southern China, and has been making dim sum for almost two decades. It
3: takes time to learn how to make the Xiao Ding Bao, whether they're nice looking or not. We'll try today and I can show you how to make it.
1: He said that it takes a lot of practice to make a xiaolongbao, bao, so we might not be able to achieve this in one afternoon. I was gonna say, you don't have
2: much hope for us <laughs> in making this, do you?
1: First up, we mince the pork, add seasoning, and mix it with the all important
2: soup gelatin. That's what's gonna melt into the soup that will fill the dumpling when steamed. Next, we knead the dough and cut it into large marble-sized portions.
1: Then we roll it out with a small wooden rolling pin, rotating the dough and rolling from the edge inwards.
3: You should be able to pick up the top of the dumpling with your chopsticks and swing it back and forth without breaking, and that is the best selling
2: we put a tablespoon of the pork into the middle of the dough and begin wrapping it, pinching and rotating, pinching and rotating to make the pleats up top.
1: Wow, yours looks way better than mine. Mine looks like <laughs> look, looks yeah. flattened. Yeah, <laughs> <Venice's- laughs> he can't save mine,
2: damn it. Vanessa's looks a little bit more like a mooncake than maybe I at this
1: point. <laughs> Chef Leung's Shalom Bao always has 23 pleats at the top
2: and safe to say ours didn't. I think mine was pretty close, but yours was way off, let's face it. (laughs) Thanks, thanks a lot. Now, while we weren't able to steam ours, we did get to taste his, and they were really delicious. I have to agree. As we found out, the succulent parcels are very hard to make, but skills are also
1: required to eat them. Many newbies come away from their first Shalong Bao experience
2: with scalded mouths and stained shirts. Soup dumplings are served piping hot in a bamboo steamer and are often accompanied with a saucer of vinegar and shreds of ginger. But when it comes to eating them, however, everyone has their own method, which they think is best.
3: And how, how do you eat your shalong Long Bao? Hmm. I eat well, vinegar and ginger. I, I like that. And uh, every time I, I use a big spoon. This is Elsa Jiang in New York again. Then I lift it up and uh, I will give, give it a little bit time to cool because it's too hot and uh, you will make a big mess when you eat it. I, I don't want it. So first the usual way, I think, be patient. It's just perfect for one, one bite. So you, uh, you drink the soup and you just put the whole thing in the mouth. But if you need extra help, some restaurants like Din
1: Tai Fung actually provide guests with an illustrated instruction sheet on how to eat shalong bao.
0: Some people think that you have to, you know, raise it with your chopsticks. So you hold it with your chopsticks by the neck, like a kitten in its mother's mouth, very tenderly. And then you put it in your spoon, and then you pierce the side so the stalk floods out, and then you can sip it from the spoon, um, and then you eat the dumpling.
2: Many people outside of Asia know Xiaolongbao thanks to Din Tai Fung, a restaurant chain that's actually from Taiwan. What people might not know is that Din Tai Fung started off as a shop selling cooking oil in Taipei in the late 1950s. But when business was not doing so well in the 1970s, the founder decided to start selling steamed dumplings. Now, the restaurant chain has branches in more than 14 countries around the world, and is credited with creating the world's international standard for Shaolong Bao.
0: I think it's quite recent that um, the Xiaolongbao has become well known internationally because I'm sure that sort of 20 or maybe even 10 years ago they weren't so well known. And I think the main reason for that is Din Tai Fung.
2: Din Tai Fung is known for its absolute precision when it comes to making Xiaolongbao.
0: They have little electronic scales in the kitchen and each dumpling before steaming must weigh exactly 21 grams and have 18 pleats. So they're obsessive about detail. Um, and they took this model and then exported it. But how did the Shanghainese react when a Taiwanese
2: restaurant brought xiaolongbao back to Shanghai?
0: When Dintai Fung's first opened branches in Shanghai, there was this strange feeling about why is it that a Taiwanese company is, is opening in Shanghai and doing a local Shanghainese snack to a very, very high standard. But I think there are also, you know, local Shanghainese restaurants, which are really good now. Din Tai Fung has become one of those still, you know, quite rare Chinese food brands, which has become, you know, a, a great hit all over the world. And I think that Din Tai Fung have put the xiaolongbao Bao on the map for um, many people who are not Chinese.
1: Well, some Shanghainese think Din Tai
3: Fung, Bao are not authentic. Elsa is diplomatic. I, I respect uh, uh, Taiwanese Xiaolongbao. I think it's no problem about uh, Taiwanese or Shanghainese. Uh, Xiaolongbao is, of course, everyone makes Xiaolongbao, the flavor is a little bit different. So that's okay. In the very, very old day, like uh, 1940, uh, 50, a lot of shanghais they they just uh, moved to Taiwan. So. Taiwanese dumpling uh, Xiaolongbao and the Shanghainese uh, Xiaolongbao, they're connected. They are different but still connected, they're still Xiaolongbao. For Elsa,
1: her love of Xiaolongbao is more than just taste, it's her family's livelihood. Her father Zhang and the chefs in their New York restaurant make almost 400 Xiaolongbao fresh every day for their hungry customers. So in the filling, what else do you have other than pork
3: in the xiaolongbao? And the fillings uh, should be include um ginger and onion and oh chi- Chinese onion, the green one, the longer the, one.
1: The, the, oh yeah, spring onion.
3: And uh, pork and some salt. One of the most
1: tedious parts of making the xiaolongbao is the soup gelatin. That is a two-day process and involves simmering fatty pork with ginger and scallions for four to six hours and then cooling it down until it becomes gelatinous. But it's the pork lard that makes the soup so delicious. So there's a lot of fat in the soup then, is
3: that right? Mm, Yes, that's true. That's (laughs) true. I I can't say at the I can't say they are very healthy. um, (laughs) You know, this is a traditional food. It's traditional, right? You can't think that (laughs) when you eat traditional food because uh, in old days, people don't think about that. Normally, usually people eat Xiaolongbao with something else. Do you know how to make Xiaolongbao? I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't know. I, I want, want, want to learn when one day I can, I can, my, my kids a little bit grow, grow up a little, so I want to learn. Of course I need to learn because it's a, it's a way to make, make money, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> In the last few years, some restaurants around the world have tried to jazz up their Xiaolong Bao, experimenting with different flavours. Back at Dim Sum Library in Hong Kong, they don't actually sell the original flavour of Xiaolong Bao. Instead, they offer Dan Dan Shaolong Bao, based on the Sichuan spicy noodle dish with a peanutty flavour.
3: I made it over 20 times. When you make things the traditional way, it's simple. But when you add something different in there, it doesn't always work, so we had to do it by trial and error.
2: Chef Lung has also released four new flavours, including beef brisket, hot and sour, bakute, and bonito and kombu for his curious diners. But to some, the original is always best. What do you think of, um, you know, are you a fan of any of these other flavours or are you a hardcore, you know, original Xiaolong Bao person? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I think that, you know, I'm I'm quite happy to try different versions and um different sorts of trendy modern Xiaolong Bao, but I do think that the original um is a work of dumpling perfection and you don't really need to do anything to it. It's just perfect as it is. And and the other thing I should say is that it's normally served with a little dish of rice vinegar and with shards of fresh ginger which perk it up and cut through any richness. And that combination of the rich savoury umami pork and that perky little spritz of vinegar and ginger is just a beautiful cord of flavour.
2: So, Benice, we got to try some of the dan flavored Xiaolong Bao. Are you an original fan or have you, are you a convert?
1: You know, I really like trying these different flavours just out of curiosity. But to be honest, I still do like the original flavor.
2: What about you? I've had some pretty strange flavors, actually. I've tried, there's a cheese one, there's a truffle one, um, and cheese. Yeah, no, they're not really for me. I'd say original is always best. Uh, but look, I'm never going to turn down the opportunity to try new flavors.
1: This episode is produced by Carolyn Wright. And we want to thank Elsa Zhang, Chef Zhang
2: Xueling, Fuchsia Dunlop, and Chef Leung Kwokwa. If you want to ask about a dish or a drink, tweet us at Beijing Calling or at Alkira Ryan Frank. Eat Drink Asia is a monthly podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, basically anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, happy eating!
0: Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35, and today...